0: Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast, podcast number 26. With me tonight is the usual suspects, Ian. Hello everybody! And of course we've got Mac. I'm still here. And special guest, Angus. Hey, how's it going? How are you guys doing tonight? Good. Good.
1: Doing alright.
0: Doing alright. Mac? I'm doing okay. (laughs) Okay? Okay. Yeah, fine, like, okay. like fine but not dandy.
2: Uh, fine but not dandy. Right. You know, I'm um, actually kind of had an interesting day. My uh, brother-in-law was having technological surgery. Techno- very cool scientific surgery. They rather than replacing his hip, they resurfaced the socket and the ball, so that he's basically got metal in there instead of cartilage yeah they do a metal coating over the over the joint yeah and i think that's very very cool but we were glad to hear that he came out of surgery okay since he's not in the greatest health
0: very good. All right. So now, is this isn't technically our anniversary podcast? The next one is.
1: Um. Well, the date Sam was saying was our first one was um one twenty sixth.
0: Yeah, but so this is the closest to our podcast anniversary. We, we got to go. There, we, we we do twenty six a year, so so I, I guess it is. But the next one's really you know the start of our new year.
1: Yeah, but basically we've been around for a year now at this point. Brian.
0: Right. All right you forgot our anniversary (laughs)
2: that's a major faux pas dude yeah i know it is i don't know even why i have podcasts with
0: you 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 know what you don't want to know what's (laughs) even worse is that i i I don't know when my wife and i really got married or when we really got together she has dates kind of but it's you know not that big a deal so that's how big a jerk i am
3: (laughs) i think they put that on your wedding certificate or something or like the photos maybe
0: no, there's no photos. We we got married for insurance purposes.
2: Uh see, with, in, my uh, with my, room.
0: in your living room, yes,
2: with my wife and I, we remembered what date we got married, but we couldn't remember what year. That, <laughs> um, that,
1: you which guys is, got married. My son turned one year old, so I very much remember. That's right. Well, yeah,
2: but we couldn't exactly we couldn't exactly call you to find out you
0: know. <laughs> when Quinn's birthday is. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: if you want to know well, how long you guys have been married, just call me and I can tell you. Yeah, you? Right. That's my son. All right. Elias.
2: Well, very good. So yeah. So that I think that would have better probably would have been a better solution. I went to the uh, box where we've got our important documents to get the wedding certificate out, not realizing the box was booby trapped uh, and that there was a cord from an iron in front of it. All right. So I got that iron on my foot.
1: Well, actually, you guys did be easier. We married in two thousand.
0: Okay. All right. Well, so, anyway, okay. so very good. So I think that we'll, we'll actually the next next week is our – one or the next podcast, Podcast 27, will be our one-year anniversary.
1: Okay. That'll be the official beginning that'll of be our the, second Exactly. The official the beginning. Okay. All
0: right. So this Saturday, um, I went up to Boulder for drinking skeptically, which is where I met Angus. And Angus cool. is a uh, – they, they have a student group up there. Is it a student group? What exactly is it, Angus? Why don't you tell me?
3: Uh, we are – let me read the official boilerplate here. We are an unaffiliated student group at CU Boulder. Um, I'm, I'm not entirely sure what affiliation means, but we aren't. So <laughs> yeah, we're, it's all, all right. students. We do get some uh, people from the outside, people that aren't uh, CU students and people that are you know, just adults from the community, but it's pretty rare. It's mostly just students.
0: Very good, and so that is the S S A S S, the Students Secular and Skeptics Society.
3: Secular Students and Skeptics Society.
0: Okay. Get it right. I'm sorry. Damn. I'm sorry. <laughs> you There's know only what?
3: Four S words.
0: Everybody that I met there, nobody wanted to say the full name. They just wanted to say <laughs> SASS. Nobody wanted to. It's like nobody wants to say it.
3: Because it's, it's like fourteen syllables.
0: <laughs> Who so, has time for
3: that? Yeah. So
0: SASS. Yeah, SASS. So yeah, so and that was so that was a lot of fun Phil Plate showed up. Uh, and I had, and I I don't think I've met him before. He thought I looked familiar, but I don't think so. So that was nice uh, meeting Phil Plate. I enjoyed that. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. So that was fun. And then on uh, Sunday, Ian and I went down and we we uh there was a gentleman from the Denver Atheists talking about the Mormon endowment ceremony. Ian, what'd you think of that?
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, that it was interesting. Um it's it, very telling, a lot of it, you know, the repetitiveness, you know, we had talked about afterwards how they really seemed to, you know, you could almost feel the brainwashing listening to the ceremonies because they, it, it was so mind-numbing, so repetitive, and the idea that they had to go through this over and over because they have to do it for themselves, and they have to go back over for all of their ancestors who were not of the church. In order to get them baptized, and so the idea is to go through this mind-numbing ceremony over and over and over again until you're just so, ugh. you know. Did <laughs> you think also, it was
0: mind-numbing? I, I I found it extremely interesting, even the ceremony in and of itself. I Imagine well, it once you've done right, it, once
1: not think of going through that ceremony. Though. Well, I that, can. I, I think thing. the first
0: time it's probably entertaining. It's your first time. It's probably yeah. exciting. Probably once you get to twenty or thirty of them, it's not
1: so much anymore. Right. And and we it, also learned that um, to get into and you have to know all the secret Yeah, hands- yeah, all the secret handshakes.
0: Yes, and we know the secret handshakes now, and, and we know what, uh, what. So you know, and so we can show you these, and the next time you meet a Mormon, you can give them their their secret handshake, <laughs>
2: freak them out a little bit. I know the secret handshake. One that's always worked for me is that you have a folded fifty in your hand. <laughs> And I That's accepted know. everywhere. Um, you know that works on the
1: Matri D. Heaven,
0: yeah, for for the Mormons, they just they just take that and they continue talking.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I think Saint Peter will take Andrew Hamilton and and let you in.
0: You can't pay them enough to be quiet, Alexander
2: either. Hamilton. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. So and uh, so one of the things that the SSASS has coming up is Darwin Week. So Angus, why don't you tell us a little bit more about Darwin Week?
3: Well, Darwin Week, Darwin's birthday, or you know the anniversary of his birth, since he's not alive anymore is this upcoming, I believe, Friday, Saturday. Saturday, February 12th is the birth date of Charles Darwin. And so we're celebrating with the week preceding that, the 7th through the 11th, um, celebrating sort of the life of Darwin. And then we've branched out to a couple of more general topics, Um, cosmic creationism. We're addressing irreducible complexity um, and some sort of general talks about evolution and morality um, science and spirituality, and why people misunderstand science in general—just the the difficulty that the average person has with grasping the scientific process.
0: So I, now, my understanding is that there will be a couple talks a day, and is this next week that that this is happening, or the week after?
3: It is next week. The it first is. talk, yeah, it's a couple talks a day. Um, the first talk is two p.m. on Monday, the seventh. Uh, that's Vic Stenger talking that's about cosmic weeks, creationism. So.
0: Yeah. And yeah, then that goes two weeks. two weeks.
3: Oh, yeah. that is two weeks. You're right. Yeah. yeah. All
0: right. And so is right. there a schedule two for this weeks. somewhere?
3: Yes. The schedule is on our newly minted website, which I've been working on okay. tirelessly for the past few days. And that's uh, SSASS at CU dot blogspot.com and that's at like written out it's part of an address not an mm. email address
1: well make sure we get the address so we can throw it up on amsterdam skeptics and our facebook page
0: yeah no we'll throw it yeah well, absolutely that'll be in the show notes um, right there's a link to it, it on
3: our facebook page so but i oh, can good. definitely email you guys that yeah and then there's a calendar tab on that page and another uh there's a darwin week tab on that website with um sort of more details on what all the upcoming events are and the people giving the talks and stuff
0: that's gonna be that. Sounds actually, that sounds really great that you guys are doing that. I, I hope that uh, maybe you guys can record some of those and uh, and then we can put them out for you.
3: Yeah, that's possible. Sure, um, so. I'm not sure exactly what the venue is going to be or who's going to be where. I'm busy for half of these; I've got class during those times. But I will yeah. definitely bring that up during our weekly meeting tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I did think that was kind of odd because you know that certainly you know if they were one day, you know somebody can plan to come down and listen to all these talks. But it's more difficult the way that they're spread out. I think.
3: Yeah, well, I think the idea was to accommodate the most people because we're trying, you know, we don't just want our group going to these talks. And so if we spread them out throughout the day and throughout the week, then we'll be able to get people from various levels of interest and, you know, various schedules is the main thing, um, just to make sure that the general public has a chance to see at least some of the things that are going on.
2: Okay. Makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does make sense. Well, good. I hope that we can uh, help you out and get get some people up there to see these talks. I know I'd like to come up there if I can. We'll just have to see what the schedule looks like.
3: Well, that'd be great. Right. We'd love to have you.
0: Yeah. All right. So Camp is, is coming up, and uh, I was talking to Rich Orman about that, and he's he's the main organizer there. He He's trying to wrangle Reed into to helping him out. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. Reed really wants to step back. But either way, I'm going to be helping out with Camp. And uh, we'll, I will certainly be doing um, a talk for Skeptic Camp. So if anybody else is interested in that, we'll put a link on the site. Um, if anybody else is interested, at least going or, um, or even if they're interested in planning, we'll try and get that information yeah. up.
1: And we'll definitely keep everyone updated on that one as it gets closer and we get more information on it. Yeah. Because so. we had a blast there last year. It was well worth doing. So and this year it should be bigger and better.
0: Yeah, well, last year was kind of small because things kind of fell apart and they kind of did it kind of late. So we're getting started much earlier um, putting everything together this year. So hopefully we'll have a much better attendance. All right, um, Angus, is there anything else you want to tell us about the SSASS or Darwin Week and everything before we move on here to uh, our next topic?
3: Um, I can't really think of anything. No, I mean I, uh, I'll i send you guys the website. I'll find you on Facebook or something so I can get the, the URL out there because we've got the full schedule online. And um, – yeah, I mean, I don't know how many of your listeners are in the Boulder area, but if any of them are, these are all open to the public. Um, yeah, and it's, you know, it's just it's a cool subject. Evolution is hard to understand, and we've got people explaining it in terms that anyone can understand. So if you have ever wanted to know how all this works and what the fuss is about, this is the place to do it.
0: Excellent. Okay, that's great. All right, so now we're going to move on to... One of my favorite topics. Oh, yes. <laughs> topic for tonight. Oh, man. I, I spent too so, much time on it. So, so uh, yeah, I, I'll, you know, I'll let you start this because you put it in here. So, so start us with what, okay, what's the hubbub well, about?
1: About 15 years ago in my um, college um, astronomy class, we had talked about this, how the Earth is at a wobble. And so the constellations do rearrange themselves slightly. And legitimately for some time now, um, your horoscopes have been out of line because um, the Zodiac has not lined up the way it did several thousand years ago when they first invented this system. And so right now, finally, you know, to show how far behind astrology is from actual science um they're finally starting to say hey let's rearrange you know let's adjust the whole horoscope thing to fit where we scientifically accurate um zodiac is now
0: right but this isn't suddenly this comes up every so often we talk about it a little bit, and then it goes away for a while, and then it comes back. It it it's something that we've known about for a long time. This is this is nothing new. It's been pointed out for for years now, and nobody really cares, and it doesn't really affect anything. You know, I mean, anyway.
2: Yeah, well, but I, it's, it's like they it, took it, a that, vote this time, and Ophiuchus won. Yeah,
1: yeah, they've added in the thirteenth um, astrological sign, at least you know whoever's backing up this new change but i I just love the fact that it shows just how far off science is the fact that they've been able to ignore a lot of this for so long and i think one of the reasons they're ignoring it is so many people are so into it that if if the signs suddenly change like this is you know there are people that are definitely going to be fighting it so yeah
0: now here here's the one of the one of the criticisms that's made of skeptics when they approach this topic is that they don't understand it. I happen to not be in that category because when I worked on the psychic line, one of my main interests was astrology. So I understand, you know, um, that, we, that it isn't, you know, they complain that it's not just sun sign astrology. Of course, you get other astrologers that claim that, that it is still good. So you have more, you, you have your primary sun sign and then you and then each of the planets is in a different sign at the time of your birth so mars venus jupiter uranus saturn they they all supposedly go into developing your personality and then of course we have a system of 12 houses and then you have a rising sign so depending on where the rising was at the time of your birth will indicate where house 1 starts so then you have these 12 houses that are supposed to represent different things and then you have all the different planets that are in those different houses so not only do we have the effect of mars we have the effect of mars in the 12th house on on that's supposed to be on your personality so they this gets awfully complicated and that's one of the one of the issues that, you know, I have with it is they, they, it gets so complicated that nobody can agree on the actual effects. When I used to, I've studied with two different astrologers, and I would go and 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 then I worked and then I had access to a whole bunch of others. So I would take what I learned from one, and then I would go and ask all the different ones, you know, about a certain thing on a chart. And they, every single one of them would give me a different, uh, a completely different interpretation of what that meant. And they would like to say, well, that's like going to a doctor and getting a second opinion. Well, it's it's one thing to go to a doctor and say, should I have this lump removed? And it's another to say, well, you, this senior in this in this house. says that you are an angry person and another person says well this in this house says that you have a temper or you're a nice person or you have issues with uh, connecting to your emotions and you'll get all these different answers for one particular thing on these charts
1: well I read my um, son got a hold of a kid's almanac and it had the astrology stuff in it and I read through every single one of the signs. I'm like, you know what? I fit that at times. I fit that one at times. I fit that one at times. I fit, you know, every single one of them, I fit at certain times. You, know, you, you, you yes, some days I'm shy and, um, you know, uh, uh, hiding in the corner and stuff, not wanting to deal with things. Other days I'm outgoing and expressive and stuff. And I, I found it so interesting because legitimately everyone fits into every one of those things at some point, depending on the day. But I know no one who day by day fits those exactly. No. So you definitely just reading that can see exactly how the game's play. Well, and
0: that's when they go into their special pleading and say, Well, you can't just look at one sign. You have to look at the whole chart as a whole. And now not only are you looking at the whole chart, for each day you have to figure out where the planets are and where the transits are. So you'll have a planet trans- transiting another planet. So the moon, once a day, pretty much, will transit your moon. So realistically because the moon is supposed to control emotions uh, you know when when you have these different transits through the through the day you should have these different effects on your personality throughout the day that we should be able to look at um, and that should be interesting and of course you know we have mercury who which goes around the sun fairly quickly so it'll transit your mercury and then of course you know how when you're looking at mercury for so um, you know it starts to look like it's going backwards they call that a retrograde and of course they think that that when the planet is retrograde in your chart or in that day that that can affect communication issues and so they'll use special pleading to say oh you know you know like uh, if they can't communicate we say oh mercury's retrograde <laughs> and I can't tell you how how
2: often you would hear that. I mean, it was
0: all the time. Or,
2: you know, you're going along fine and everybody's telling you, well, you just wait till you get your Saturn return.
0: Exactly. When you're about 27, 28, you're, you're going to get that Saturn return, and that's going to be a huge change in your life. <laughs> <sighs> yeah,
1: it doesn't have anything to do with that. That's actually the time where there's normally huge changes in people's well, lives.
0: Well, not to go back, that's, I mean, it, yeah, the human's lifespan used to be 30 years. About 27, 28, you were getting ready to die.
1: And now it's really the you know a lot of people that's only when they get married, start having families and such, yeah, because I mean, it's your, the mid age now.
0: Right. So you use some special pleading to say, well, that's because that's when Saturn enters your cranted the Saturn in your chart about that time, and it, you know particularly if you have Saturn in the uh, in the seventh house there, that's yeah. going to be a very good indication that at that time you're probably going to get married.
1: It has nothing to do with the fact that generally that's time people are finishing up um, school and other stuff like that and getting their lives together and are actually ready to move on to that next stage.
0: No. That's true. It does not.
2: All right. So, Brian, maybe you can answer something that the articles that I'm looking at don't answer. Uh, Ophiuchus that... is
0: what? Earth, air, fire, or water? Oh, man. I have no idea. That is it. That is, you they don't know what? List it. They don't. And that's funny. Yeah. So each sign is represented by earth, air, fire, water. And so, well, that's so, the
1: thing. We, a, thir- a 13th sign throws that off because the, you know there were um what three for each
0: right? Um, but it works better as far as the actual moon cycle. <laughs> that's the thing is that is that you know having the third have it follow the thirteen moon cycles fits far better. It really makes right. more sense. And it was removed probably most likely I think um is because thirteen was a uh, uh, um you know that that number you know the thirteenth Friday the thirteenth that number had a lot of bad stigma behind it um you know.
2: Thirteen loops and a hangman's knot. Thirteen is the death card in the tarot deck. Right. Stuff all like these that. Different, all these different things.
0: Well, now, of course, you know, that's interesting that you bring up the tarot deck because, you know, the death card in the tarot deck usually just means transition, depending on who you right. ask. You know, it doesn't necessarily right, but mean— people action. still
2: don't like to see it. Well, no, but, you know.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, there's all that that goes into it as well. So, uh,
2: the, I'm, I'm astonished at how— uneven the ranges for all these different, the, these different signs are now. Right. Scorpio's only got like six days in Scorpio.
0: Yeah, that is, that is pretty crazy. It used to be, you know, it was a, it was a series of 30 degrees and it changed every, every 30 um, you know and you can look out you can look at the um, look out at the sun at the at the right time and see which constellation is out there and you can kind of you can see that's one of the ways that you can look and, and, and verify some of this is by looking out at the sign out there that um, on what did they call it the uh, meridian or the the uh, I forget exactly how they they look at that but you can go and verify this for yourself and you know I and I was looking for the um there was an article that specifically talked about how to go out and and do that and I think that was on the 365 days of astronomy podcast where that where they talked about this and that was what 2 years ago that they were that they did that
2: Then Started. Ophiuchus has got 3 weeks and apparently no actual element associated maybe Ophiuchus is dark matter that would be trendy. <laughs> oh, my God. So
0: I, I don't know how much we want to go to that. I, I, I'm interested to move on to the uh, astrology and mice.
1: Yeah, um, well, that one uh,
0: – Okay, but yeah. I went – I found the original – I found the original studies. I found the news reports from the original studies that talked about this. And listening to – and listen, going through this article, um, what is it, from naturesomething.com? Where did where it did, where did, uh, they, they, – they repurposed this data. To try and right, well, make it sound like it was astrology.
1: They used mice born in winter as one of the examples to um, defend astrology. Right. it's like winter is not just one sign; it's a bunch of signs. And then the fact that the body chemistry in winter is going to be different, so actually, it almost makes sense for things born in winter to be a bit off because you know. Okay, the, the so. Seasonal changes yeah, let me. That you'd think.
0: Let me address the original okay. study. The original study was very clear, and I found two – I finally found you know an original uh, the, you know the original talk where it talked about this. So what they did is they took these different mice and they artificially put them into these lighting cycles. So they artificially changed the lighting cycles um, to either um, you know be a winter mode or be a summer mode or on the equinox. and so they, they used these different light cycles to see how the light cycles would affect the mice. In no way can this represent astrology because right. they didn't look at the sun sign for each of these. They weren't actually born at different times of year. All of this was done artificially. Okay. And so when you really look at, at what they did, they would create artificially create winter. They would artificially create summer. They would artificially create spring and fall on these mice. And then what they did is they looked at uh, – and these were special mice. They were sort of special knockout mice, which um, they had a fluorescing um, – uh, chemical in part of the brain so they could see which part of the brains lit up and specifically the things that they were noticing were stuff like bipolar disorder and other and other neurological conditions that they were looking for so they so the, in no way was this study designed to look at astrology so it is it is just mind-boggling that they even tried to make it such because the special pleading that has to go into it for that to happen right. is astronomical because they weren't born in the winter necessarily. A winter mice could have been born in the dead of summer, and they weren't looking at temperature differences. They were only looking at light differences on these mice, and it was done on mice, not humans. And no way can we say that this study affects humans as well, and then it was only <laughs> one study. Okay. Well, that's the other
2: thing. Two oh, points. The, the, two, okay, go ahead. Two points, Brian. First of all, it's not astronomical. It's astrological. Oh, th- I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank, you. thank um, you. Secondly, the lights they were using were set up in patterns of the astrological signs.
0: Oh, my God.
2: No, they weren't. They weren't. <laughs> I made that up. I yeah. can't support that. <laughs> you can't but- support that in any way. <laughs>
1: yeah but but um, so the But that to would be a way
2: to do it and work
0: astrology into it. How would you do that though? because what what you have first that you're gonna have to decide what the effect is from the planets that affects the mice in a certain in a certain way, and you're gonna have to control and recreate those conditions perfectly. So so if it's magnetism, which I've heard claimed, how are you going to control the, for Jupiter's magnetism effect on the mice in that environment plus Jupiter's plus Mars plus Uranus plus Saturn? And besides the fact that we can't measure magnetism on our planet because it doesn't reach that far even from Jupiter who has a huge magnetic field. It doesn't touch us. It does touch Saturn.
2: I just well, like to hear you talk about Uranus.
1: <laughs> but the article also talked about um, you know the mice's personalities could be determined. The only thing they said were that mice born in winter had or were slower.
0: Well, and so, they were more likely to be bipolar in some of these yeah. other neurological conditions.
1: And it's like that—that's not necessarily personality-wise. It's not you know you, you don't know what their likes and dislikes and stuff like that from that.
2: No, and, and they mice didn't... don't really have that much personality in the first
1: <laughs> right. place. That, that's the other thing. Well, the other problem
2: yeah, I how have
0: well that's more part of my problem nobody sat down with these mice individually and found out their likes and dislikes
2: (laughs) a a mouse's personality is pretty much chew eat screw (laughs) oh and oh
0: human run (laughs) (laughs) yeah can that thing eat me Get out of here. So, yeah, so this. So, I'm, I'm glad I finally found the, the, some of the original stuff here that, that, that it's actually talking about. And they say in this article, in no way is this astrology. They were very clear that this is not astrology and cannot be used to prove astrology. It, it's just ridiculous. So, I went through these other articles that you put in here, Mac. Thanks a lot yeah. for wasting a whole bunch of my time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, we needed to give, we needed to give through thoroughness of okay. subject.
0: So here's what, here's my, and I, I didn't go through these point by point because, man, it would take me a long time. I, I can do that if you feel it's necessary. But uh, when you look at these, either they don't link, they, they claim science and don't link to anything, or they link to these, art, these terrible articles that really aren't science. And the other thing I noticed that they've done a lot of cherry picking. You know, for, the, for their data to, to prove this stuff. And and then they go off on these tangents in weird directions where I, I'm not even sure where it was trying to, to come back and, and and really connect. But the one thing I did notice is that um, I read an article earlier that said – I've heard that it's gravity, gravitational effects, which, okay, you know, there are right. some gravitational effects. But then this astrologer says, no, it's not that. He didn't say what it was, but he says, no, it's not gravity. These particular people said it's magnetism, but how, magnetism effects were off – very quickly, we would not feel a, mag- a magnetic effect from Jupiter, even Mars. We don't even know that Mars has a, you know, a, a magnetic field at this point, do we? And if it is, it's extremely weak. Um, Venus, I, I, you know, I don't know how we would feel magnetism from there. Much more likely gravity. Um, and then I, and then there was um somebody else gave a uh, a quantum mechanics connection, kind of an entanglement type of deal and and said that you know quantum mechanics you know works on this big scale and this little scale, which it doesn't it works on a very very small scale, and it doesn't scale up very well.
2: Uh, something I noticed when I was putting those articles in there was that the uh, the actual sourcing that we've got here, the sites are. Not really. Uh, they're, they're definitely sites that have a confirmation bias to say astrology's real stuff. Well, they're not really looking at it scientifically. They're looking for reasons why it's scientific.
0: And didn't you think they did a lot of cherry picking?
2: I did. Yeah. I truly did.
0: So, and I... and. <sighs> It, was, it would be difficult to go through this point by point trying to use their sources because their sources aren't really sources. And in some of these articles I noticed, particularly like the one with the astrology and mice, every source that they put on there linked back to themselves. No external sources did they use for this. So I thought that was pretty interesting too. They're, they are the complete source.
1: So the,
2: on the, uh, the scientific evidence suggestive of astrology, that article, which is on neardeath.com. He talks about he talks about the principle of astrology as being expressed in saying "as above, so below," which is he. And he throws in in quantum physics terminology, it means that that which applies to the very large applies to the very small, which isn't and, true. Yeah, it's okay. it's not even yeah. it's not part of quantum physics. In fact, it's actually a principle of it's a principle of magical belief and and religious belief. So
0: right, and I I, I tend to agree with that. Um, once again no real evidence they all claim scientific evidence but when I went looking at what they were linking to it, it wasn't really scientific evidence that they don't link to anything that I would call credible they certainly you know the, the most credible thing that they could that they could talk about was this uh, was this mice study which interestingly enough the astrology and mice never actually links back to any source. They don't even give a source they they vaguely talk about where the information came from, and then they gloss over it from there so i was uh well i I found it humorous, and I spent a lot of time going through this stuff, you know trying to be objective
2: and I thought you would enjoy doing that. And it sounds like yeah.
0: you did. I did. Yeah, I did. I say you wasted a bunch of my time, but yes, I, I actually did enjoy going through it. And like I said, you know, I studied astrology for a long time, and one of the things, you know, that one of the ways I started to realize just how bunk it was was that I could never get a straight answer from an astrologer about what a, what what a certain thing in a chart meant. And then when you read a book, it's completely different from what every astrologer tells you, and every book is different as well. In fact, I went and I got some of my old astrology books, and I was I was leafing through them to see if there was anything that I could. Really Really use it would be quick and it's like uh
2: i think we may have lost ian here oh did we yeah i think he's coming back online now
0: oh should i pause here? and i think
2: angus dropped off too so he did
0: he told me he was going to let me okay. pa- i'm gonna pause the recording all right ian's back with us okay you- indy do, do you have anything to say based on all the stuff that i just said that you missed
1: <laughs> you're wrong 100 how dare you even play make sense claims?
2: okay there
0: you have it okay great
2: great <laughs> well you're just saying that because what sign are you now ian
1: um what am I now?
0: I'm not sure. Hey, hey, hey guys. Relax. We don't need to get into a fight about this. I'm going to portray my Libra for you here, okay?
2: Okay. I'm going to I'm still going to be hurt by what you say, Brian, because I'm a Pisces now.
0: I well, no, I want balance. I want balance. I'm a Libra now. Damn Pisces. That's my Scorpio moon talking to you there. <laughs> Conjuncting my rising in the 12th house, buddy,
2: which makes me very yeah, psychic, by the way. I got your twelfth house, <laughs> <coughs> all right, so tell us about the chupacabra that was oh, yeah,
0: out. this you know I, I I threw this in here because and the, just real quickly, you know, um you're always seeing the, these uh claims of chupacabras, and they always turn out to be a dog or you know or something some sort of animal that has mange, and that's clearly what we've got going on here. This is some sort of opossum or something, and I'm sure that um they, they didn't they there's no DNA testing or anything. Um, but i'm sure that that's what we will find um, when, when they do when the dna tests come back cuz looking at this this does not look that suspicious it looks like some sort of a hairless animal so more than likely it's it's something with me it
2: does look actually you know honestly it looks like a armadillo with no shell
0: well that's why i was thinking some sort of a possum or something well i just love no, that
2: guy really, it really looks like an armadillo with no shell
1: they say, I mean, the they reason,
0: say a possum. Cheating. They they think it's a possum too. They say it's a yeah. that it's probably a raccoon or a possum. And looking at that tail, I say possum more than raccoon. But I don't know. I I you know what? I should take that back because I've never seen a a raccoon's tail without fur. But possums generally that that's well, kind of what the up, tail looks like. I
1: well, look at the shape. Go ahead, answer. Okay. Um, the man is basically a um. Skin disease caused by parasitic mice, mites.
0: Mites, yeah, the, and, and all the hair falls out.
1: Yeah, and so and that makes perfect sense. But I, 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 love the guy's reasoning for shooting this thing. But that's what I just couldn't get over. I don't know. I didn't know what it was, so I shot it.
0: <laughs> I know. It's like, hey, this may be the first species of its
2: kind. Kill it.
1: <laughs> I'm glad I did because I don't know what it is. Okay. Honestly, if-
2: <laughs> I look at the shape of the front claws. And they look like me. Same with the shape of the head.
0: Right, but I don't think it's not an.
2: And a, the tail's not long enough to be a possum's. You don't think I think possum it, has it, possum has a, pre- a prehensile tail.
0: So it could be a raccoon. I'm looking at the face. The face is very weaselish.
2: I, I'm still thinking armadillo.
0: I don't think so. I don't know how it could be an armadillo. <laughs> they don't have hair in the first place. They get mange.
2: Well, I think the shell is actually. Got Oops. fur between the segmentations of the shell.
0: Okay, but where's the shell? Can you take an armadillo well, that's shell what I'm off without a bleed shellless now?
2: armadillo?
1: Yeah, well, I, I, I think like a turtle. Again. If you took the shell off, it would kill it, wouldn't it?
2: Right, well. I don't. Well, an armadillo is not a reptile. I don't know. But let's, still, it,
1: it, it's like a turtle in regard that the shell is physically part of its body. It's not a separate thing that you can disconnect. It's not like um, a hermit crab that finds a shell and uses it. It's you know the, the shell itself is part of itself. And to remove that, you'd basically be killing it.
0: Yeah, that's kind of. Okay. I, I I'm saying I I think possum or raccoon are very good possibilities here. Why don't you show me a picture of a possum?
2: Okay, the armadillo <laughs> shell is actually made out of bone.
0: Really? Wow. Um, not keratin.
2: So not really. I would. I th- actually thought keratin too. Armadillos can swim, by the way. I've seen armadillos swim. Excellent. That yeah that that's the information I'm looking for. That armadillos can swim.
0: Yeah, boy. You know that really that wraps it up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, maybe it's some kind of anteater, though, too, because the shape of the head. If you look at an okay, armadillo's but you, shape of the head. It's it's in
0: Kentucky. So yeah. so I d- are there armadillos in Kentucky?
2: Well, there's armadillos. Uh, I know there's armadillos in Louisiana. So okay.
0: So maybe. But now, but there are definitely possums, and there are definitely
1: yeah. And I, th- I thought the head looked like a possum mm-hmm.
0: head. You guys, wait, wait, hold on! Whoa, whoa, come back! This is a chupacabra. Why are we trying to give this a mundane explanation? <laughs> what are we doing? That's you know what? It's a chupacabra. Can we move on now? <laughs> All <laughs> right, we're spending too much time on this. Think of a little article. That I don't have that much to go with here.
1: I I, I, I think it's amusing. It's interesting. It is to amusing, see, but yeah, oh, yeah, it is. We can move on. All right. So,
0: so uh, this one. Where is this one from?
2: This is from from Reuters.
0: Reuters gene map study finds clues to pen. Pancreas cancer, Pancreous pancreatic cancer. cancer. Oh, pancreatic pancreatic cancer.
2: cancer is one of the least survivable cancers. Right. Which um, pancreatic cancer? They said pancreatic, pancreatic cancer is, do, is diagnosed in nearly thirty-seven thousand people a year and kills more than thirty-four thousand of those that are diagnosed. Um, but they're, what they're talking about in this article here is they're talking about there are different types of cancer that can take place in the pancreas. And certain types are more survivable than others. Certain types of cancers are less aggressive. And what they're talking about in this article is the molecular view of cancer, about actually tailoring the cancer treatment based upon the type of cancer and what its molecular makeup and genetic makeup of the cancer is, rather than just you know throwing chemotherapy at
0: it. So would you do a genome? Would you, would you do a complete genome of it in order to treat it? You know I would they figure so, yeah. Yeah, They did that. They did a genome. A, they did a, a complete genome of of somebody's cancer, and and that would be interesting if we could do a genome cheap enough that we could pull a piece off of it, do a genome, and then and then create a specific you know treatment. What they for said it.
2: here is that patients whose tumors had mutations in in the three genes called MEN dash one, DAXX, and ATRX lived at least ten years after the diagnosis. Really. Uh, more than 60% of patients whose tumors did not have these mutations died within five years. What they were talking about, one of the people they were talking about in this article is Steve Jobs. Right. And that he said in 2004, he had gone undergone successful surgery for a pancreatic uh, neuroendocrine tumor.
0: One of the people, his name is practically in the title.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So they're talking about Steve Jobs. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, it's big news because he's, you know, because he he's, um, you know, he's got to go away from Apple again and, and and see if he can fight this, um, and uh, you know that that affects Apple's stock dramatically.
2: I think it so does. Big news, and the fact that he works for Apple does, in fact, make him you know less likely to get treatment from doctors. Because an apple a day does keep the doctor away. <laughs> uh.
0: Particularly since they are using PCs, right? Yep. Yeah. And that joke wasn't PC. <laughs> All right. So. What is the difference between compulsive hoarding and collecting, Ian?
1: Ah, uh, get into something that is near and dear to both me and Mac here. Yeah, and it's yeah. funny because I was
0: telling I was telling Mac I'm like, you know what? Boy, this subject I just it just isn't for me. But that's fine. Yeah,
1: but it screams us. the. Thing. It does it absolutely.
0: No, i I agree. So tell me about it.
1: Well, the main thing is if you read through the articles, everything I could find agreed on um, these three points. That um, the way to determine hoarding from collecting is a hoarder has an inability to discard, to discard anything. And um, when it comes to throwing out, he actually will go through some physical, emotional trauma. Um, then a hoarder, there is impaired function uh, uh, to the person's life. The hoarding has caused impairment. It causes um, him not to be able to do things, not to be able to function normally. And then um, the third thing is the cluttered living space where you can't use your you know the rooms for the design. You know your kitchen's too is filled with stuff. Your bathroom's filled with stuff. You can't actually you know, you walk around the house. You're gonna be likely to trip over things, fall downstairs, stuff like that, because there's stuff everywhere. You know what's but interesting? Those are the three main signs that everything I could find talking about well, comparing harding to collect, instead to look. For. Well,
0: it is interesting in this article that they actually have a picture from a wall in your house. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I am going to ask, Ian, when's the last time you ate off your dining room table?
0: That's where we play it's games. off of? No, no, no. It's
1: used for its purpose. That's where we play games. That right. is its purpose. Right, now. Yeah. If I take games off and put them away, which I do from time to time, my wife then takes it over for crafts.
2: So it's self-defense? It's, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the deadly art of game foo.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but... um. I thought it was interesting. Interesting that these that this article got put up here, and I went and grabbed a couple more. But it does seem to it indicate very much the same data. I think that there are degrees of hoarder, though, where there are milder degrees of hoarding, and there are more severe degrees of. Hoarding. Right. I'm well, probably well, I'm probably I'm a collector, but I've probably got a bit of hoarder in me too. Well, My parents are collectors, and yeah. they're collectors.
1: Yeah. yeah. But, you know, like, like in my case, you come down to my basement, it's, it feels cluttered, but I, do, I know I need to go through it. And I actually have no like, problem with the idea of throwing stuff out. I just want to go through it and make sure I'm not accidentally throwing good stuff. And I know the difference between good and bad stuff. It's just time-wise. I've actually gone through and thrown out trash cans worth of stuff when I've taken the time to go through it guilty of that yeah i do
0: that too with computer parts mostly (laughs) yeah yeah
1: so you know there's a level where it looks like you're hoarding but it's like well when i have the time i can rationalize and go through it and actually get rid of a lot of it but having the time is not anything to do so yeah so is that is that wait hold on is that special pleading Uh,
0: (laughs) i don't have the time
1: but you look, you go through my upstairs. However, our living room, may seem cluttered, but That's the kids' toys that we keep trying to get them to pick up. We have one room upstairs that you can't use right now, and that's because it's more the kids' stuff. That yeah, um, and
0: you don't have to defend yourself. Your your house is usable. Yeah. We come over there, we game. Right. <laughs> you okay. know, the kitchen and is usable. The
1: kids in the bathroom. is yeah, yes. no, yeah. No, completely it's, usable. Yeah, so, no, no, you don't have yeah. to.
0: No, I'm giving you, I'm giving and, you trouble, yeah. but you don't have to defend yourself.
1: I don't. I, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just, I'm giving you a hard, hard time too. I. I You're, but I your, can't basement, put up there
2: is. your basement appears cluttered, but you know the exact spots to step so that nothing collapses.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, and I can find all sorts of stuff. You asked me for stuff in my collection. Oh, yeah. I know exactly what box that is on what shelf. And I can hunt it down for you.
0: Where, can we build a recording studio down there?
1: Oh, uh, I can probably fit it in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right.
2: No, but I, I think you know when I think I think also I think and, and I've had this discussion with my wife an awful lot I think that the hoarding the hoarding tendency comes from being raised by parents who who grew up in times when there wasn't plenty sure and so you get that tendency from your parents to want to save things that might be good you know yeah. to save that hard drive that, you haven't tested to make sure that it's actually broke. Yeah. To I save that, to, that to save that, those pieces of that, those pieces of that model, because if you find the rest of the pieces, you can glue it back together.
1: Well, I also save stuff like that because, um, you know, for a while though, I was customizing models and stuff. And, right. you know, I, I, I've saved all sorts of stuff that my wife said, why are you saving that? And, you know, it, it may be a couple of years down the line, but suddenly it becomes useful. And, you know, yeah, I, you know, it was in, in the way, but it wasn't in, in the way. You know, I was able to push off to the corner where it was just mildly in the way, and it didn't impair anything, and it ended up being useful. I'm glad I had it. I, yeah. you know, a lot of that stuff, after I've used it, got rid of it because I don't need it anymore. So, Ian, what
2: made you think I was talking about you and not me, though? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but
1: no, well, but both of us are somewhat like that. Uh-huh. So, you know, but I'm looking at examples. and you know, But my wife's been watching a lot of those hoarder T shows that are out there. Uh, um, I've caught a few. Right. And they're interesting because these people have real problems. There was a yes. guy who was an alcoholic who saved every single bottle and just shoved them. You, you couldn't put food in any of the um, cabinets in the kitchen because they were filled with empty liquor bottles.
2: I heard about that one. Then you know, you've got people like the guy who had his entire house was filled with dolls. And that was because that was what he related to was his dolls.
1: Right. Right. Well, another guy, recently my wife was watching, this guy had some pet rats that got loose. And oh, kept he was
2: something else. There were thousands,
1: interested. thousands of rats,
2: and they were his you pets. Know, and at least he, you know, at least he he was trying to take care of the rats. And the rats were taking pretty good care of themselves, too. The lady on the next show with the chickens in bins. Oh, she was awful. I I didn't see that. All right, guys. You don't want to watch that one. If you have any good feelings about animals whatsoever, you do not want to watch that.
0: All right. Hey, you know, we've got a lot more in this uh, to to cover here. That's fine. Okay, good. You you feel like we've covered that? Yeah. Okay, good. All right. So quickly here, power balance at class action lawsuit. So uh, this is coming out of Texas, I believe, uh, class action lawsuit. And they are um, basically taking up the claims made by power balance, and they're suing them. You know, for their false pretenses. So this is pretty interesting. I put a little uh, a link, uh, and there's probably more information. I, I unfortunately I got sidetracked by the astrology stuff, and and, and Max right that you know <laughs> it does interest me. So this one guy put it aside, but this is here's this, and then I also put a link up here. Um, skeptical Inquiry. I got an uh, email from them today. Um, the Committee for Skepticism, Psychop. I guess it is still Psychop. C S I C O P. And what they want people okay. to do is go and put in a complaint about uh, power balance so I put a link up there to to that I'm hoping this email that they send me I'll either republish this on the site or I'll find a link to on their site to it they I didn't see that in there but they're they talking want, about the
2: FTC complaints
0: right they, yeah they want you now to put I've
2: in, actually made a Federal Trade Commission complaint about a company that kept calling me claiming to be my credit card company. Which I dismissed their claim because they don't actually have a credit.
0: Oh, that's good.
2: I, I That did give me some good evidence to that effect. They were talking about how they were going to reward me for always paying my credit card on time. And I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, debit card? <laughs> you don't – that doesn't have the same rules attached to it.
0: Uh, that's funny. That is that is definitely a scam that you've got there. Yeah. So. And they
2: kept calling and they kept calling and they got actually got kind of nasty. And uh, – um, I filed a Federal Trade Commission complaint, and it's not difficult to do – if you feel you have a legitimate issue, it's not difficult to file that complaint. Well, it's just a few pages to go yeah. through.
0: And I think with Power Balance, there certainly is a legitimate complaint. So it's there if you, if you want to get on there and, uh, and do that. Uh, that link will be in the show notes as well. And hopefully I can find a, a link to the Skeptical Inquirer email or like I said, I will republish that. So
2: And they're looking for at least five the, the the suit, class action suit. They're looking for at five at least five million dollars compensation. But power balance is saying there is no credible scientific evidence that supports our claims, and they admit that, therefore they engaged in no they Okay, we admit there is no credible scientific evidence that supports our claims. Therefore, we engaged in misleading conduct. Right? They said that so was okay.
0: That was the Australian ones that that came onto that. But then the 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 U.S. power balance came out, and they had a whole Twitter campaign, you know, basically saying, "Well, we admit that people love our products. We admit that people think our products work." And so they they had a whole um, uh, campaign to try and head that off. And then then now we've got the class action lawsuit. So. I'd like to see this go somewhere. I don't think it's gonna make any difference whatsoever. I I, I don't I th- think I think they've
2: probably got themselves pretty well shielded. So Yeah,
0: they probably do and they and they can take all the claims off. And but and still have the anecdotes, and then have a disclaimer that says there's no actual scientific evidence that this works, and they'll sell like hotcakes still. And you know the right. one, and they'll still charge the fifty bucks because you know the bigger the price you pay for it, the better the placebo effect we know. So so the price isn't going to change. You know it's going to be thirty fifty dollars. Um, but uh, so and we can see the maybe, reason that yeah.
2: reason people keep buying it is because of four words. As seen on TV. Yeah,
0: I, I totally. Yep. All right, Ian. Quick thing about the Phelps issue.
1: I um. Well, we're we'll going to put the link in here. This um. Follow up to the Phelps stuff from last time, but both me and Brian have kind of burned herself out on the issue, um, having exchanges on Facebook and on our, the Amateur Skeptic site. So um, check out the link. It talks about um, some of the stuff that was being done to try and keep um, Phelps and his group from being able to pick it at the funerals. Um, Feel free to leave some comments in our conversations that we've already had. Uh, read the stuff we've written and see what you think. But um, like I said, we're kind of burnt out over the subject. And But but I didn't want to completely get rid of it because there's stuff out there about it. I, I think there's some important stuff to be seen here, um, discussed. So feel free to join in our discussions elsewhere, but we're really not covering on the podcast tonight. Just because, like I said, we're burnt out, and we'd rather cover some other stuff. We got
2: lots of other better stuff I'm, to do. I'm actually kind of thankful for the Westboro cult, <sighs> and the reason I'm thankful for them is because it shows me that I'm not them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's talk about Ray Comfort.
1: Do we? But do we have to? Well. Basically, you watch you watch that first video. Uh, it is a spot the logical fallacy.
0: I know it is. I, I, know. I found five
1: definite ones, and I'm pretty sure there's others that I didn't quite catch.
0: Okay, so well, tell me a little bit more about this video before before you okay. go on.
1: The video is Ray Comfort on. What was the show?
0: Nightline? Nightline. And it's a night. Okay, so it's a nightline debate that they were yeah. having. And what this first video is, is just the clip of Ray Comfort. But yeah, I, I went and I. Case. Yeah, when I was looking at this, I found the. Um, it, it looks like it's a two part series. I, I was hoping for more. Um, but it looks like it's a two part series between Ray Comfort and Kirk Cameron and two members it's who. About two I, hours video. Yeah, from the. Uh, what is it? The Rational Response Squad that was debating them.
1: Yeah.
0: So I, I, I watched this. I watch I've watched everything at this point. But so Ray Comfort comes and he he says that he can prove he's well he starts off by scientifically prove without invoking the bible or or faith that god exists. And he goes through this long spiel of utter malarkey. Quite frankly, I, said, I, I
1: counted five definite logical fallacies in what okay. he said.
0: Did you have your notes, Kenny? You, you want to yeah. tell he, us what they were? He Go ahead. talks.
2: He talks mainly about the fact that the fact that the Earth exists indicates that it's a creation. That, that was right. his first. Point. Um, and he equates the Earth to being like a man-made object like he a coke can like a
0: car No, no, like being yeah. a coke can he says if i had this this brown liquidy substance and over time a uh a, a aluminum came up and formed around it and formed a can with it with a tab and then uh, uh, eventually um it got some color some right. red and white color and if you wanted to tell me that this object was not creative you'd be insulting my intelligence right.
1: So within that, he, first off, he did ad hominem over and over again because oh. he he kept talking about eyes that see, brain that think. Saying so if if you know if your brain's thinking, you're going to see things my way. He did that over no, and over. No, that's not
2: that's not ad hominem. That's uh,
1: no ad hominem.
0: I don't think um, I don't I didn't take it as ad hominem. He wasn't necessarily it's not ad hominem. No, it's, uh, it's
1: attacking the arguer and not the argument. He was busy saying if well, if you don't see the way I do, you're not. Uh, yeah, smart. it's misdirection
0: yeah, for sure.
2: But the other thing that he used as his proof was conscience, and honestly, conscience comes from society.
1: Yeah, well, that, that's, and you yeah. could make well,
2: the argument that society comes from religion, okay. but it doesn't necessarily come from God. Religion well, does not necessarily think, come from yeah, God. I think religion could, comes from man's desire to explain <laughs> the unexplained.
0: Right, and to congregate. I mean, let let's. I mean, it's it's religion is okay when when it's about community building if we can and
2: they have a potluck if you're methodist
0: exactly methodists like to have their potlucks which is fine <laughs> they're, they're, that's the you know but when they it's, start creeping into science that's where the problem is
2: it's well, not always fine brian what if everybody brings potato salad yeah. that could be
0: a problem that's why we have a list
1: so i'll, I'll go through the other um Logical fallacies real quick he used. Um, we were talking about the Coke kid thing. He simplified evolution of the Big Bang, basically doing the straw man argument there. Uh, you know, he ignored the bigger picture and basically simplified it so it um, sounded as weak as it could be. Uh, he did argument um, for consequences in the fact that he did bring up hell, saying that if, if, you know, if you don't believe in God and stuff, you're going to hell, which definitely is not scientific. Well,
0: In which they he, bring up throughout the whole show both parts, they, they, they continually fall back on that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Then he did special pleading in the fact that you uh, you need to understand the gospel in order for it to work for you. you know, if you don't really understand it, it's not going to make any sense. You ha- you know. Uh, and I saw uh, what I looked up was called exclude the middle. And basically, that's um, ignoring all the other possibility. Uh, if he could disprove evolution, it has to be his God. Only his
0: right. God. Yeah. If he if, if evolution doesn't work, then it then what he's saying has to work.
1: So right. th- those are the ones I caught. And you might be right about the ad hominem. What I was saying was ad hominem. Yeah. Being I'm, something else. Yeah, it that felt could be more ad hominem. But I do you see what you're saying. Well, no, what about
0: uh, when he says even if there's a one in a million chance that that only a one in a million chance that this is right, then you need to you need to act on it. I mean that that yeah. that's fear. That's special pleading.
1: And then, of course, um, fairly quickly, he doesn't even follow his own rules, saying he's not going to look at faith because the Ten Commandments themselves are faith. Well, and and
0: they're in the Bible, and so he breaks yeah. his rule right from the start. He he, he yeah. He goes yeah. to scripture. He goes to scripture immediately.
1: And he goes for the guilt trip thing, which is one thing he often uses because well, adulterers, murders, no, was Thieving, stealing, oh, yeah. adulterous, whatever.
2: Actually, you know what? His uh, what you're referring to as an ad hominem attack was actually an appeal to pride. Uh Appeal to pride. Okay. Okay. Appeal to pride because if you have eyes that see and a brain that thinks, well, of course I have eyes that see and a brain. I have one eye that sees and a brain (laughs) that thinks. Okay. Well, if you have eyes that see and a brain that thinks, you have to agree with me, right?
0: Yeah, there's some of that. You know, the um, it's interesting they go on and you know they're talking about um, the evidence of, for Jesus and their and the rational uh, response squad is pointing out that the, the, that the corroborating evidence for the Bible is very much lacking. And they go through some of it. And of course, Ray Comfort makes an appeal to the Bible that they don't understand Scripture and that they put too much faith in their history books. It's like, it, what? well, what is the Bible if not a history book then? You know, if if it is an account of Jesus on this planet, then it is a history book and should be right. corroborated by other evidence. They talked about how the Romans had meticulous um, um, notes at that time uh, or, you know, they kept meticulous records and not a single one of their records um, brings up this Jesus person. In any other records. And so if they, so, I mean, and I, and I agree that maybe some of these records got lost, but they don't have, you know, if they crucified them, there was probably a, there's probably a note somewhere that they did so, but we don't have that evidence. Now it could have gotten lost and they could have actually put, you know, some guy named Jesus up on a cross and it, it stands to reason that they probably did. You know, but you know, then then we now we're getting into the Christ myth territory, and his evidence against the Christ myth was the scriptures, which, as it is for most um, apologists,
1: yeah. But no, I, I basically I found it just interesting to look at the argument he's giving because I honestly think there are believers out there who probably could do a better job. But... Probably, yeah, Ray, I do too. Ray, Ray Comfort's
2: arguments are, you know, essentially what we've got here is a guy who grew up with very little religious instruction whatsoever, and somehow spontaneously gained not merely religion but evangelism later in life.
0: Well, and that's the same with Kirk Cameron, and Kirk Cameron goes into this anecdote about how he found God, but clearly when you listen to Kirk Cameron talking about how he found God going from an atheist to believing in God, it um it is... <laughs> Um, it's interesting, but clearly he was looking for something. He was already looking for God. He needed something to believe in. That was something that that he needed, and that's when he found it. Is when he really needed it. Which and I've is, I've
1: seen people that do that, and yeah. it's a good thing for them to find it.
0: Right, and yeah, and particularly for Kirk Cameron, when you listen to his story, he probably did need religion so he could start act, you know maybe act like a more decent human being. But not all of us need that,
2: right? No, you honestly. There is such a thing as secular humanism, which is the belief that people do not need religion; they don't need a supreme being in order to act like moral beings. So,
0: yeah, and and you know, this comes back to where do morals come from? And I really think they come from society first and religion second. Oh, yeah. I mean, certainly well, some you, morals it, do come out it, of religion.
2: You, well, you can say that the society may have been created by the religion in the first place. America began as a Judeo-Christian country.
0: I can say the other way around too. When we were first starting to gather into tribes, we we developed these religions in order to try and explain yeah. these things and get by. And and, 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 we, and so and
2: that's probably that's probably where religion comes from, but society. Society creates religion. Religion creates morals. Religion creates more well, successful society. Initially, but you,
1: you look through history, stuff like nudity, sex, adultery, alcoholism, lust, drugs, stuff like that are not defined from period to period exactly being moral yeah. or immoral. Well, this you is know, one it, of it the changes depend on the society. Even now, the, it does. It, You know, modern society, all that stuff is different depending on what country you go to.
0: Well, yeah. And so this is one of the things where I I feel like the debates failed at is is deciding where morals come from. They said in the beginning in their opening statements that we didn't need religion for morals. And I believe that's true. But they did not do a very good job of making their case against rape comfort because, you know, they're like, if you don't have religion, then you don't have morality. You can do whatever you want. No, it's like, no, we have come up with these moralities from living in a society and we've decided that as a group that it's not a good idea to go killing people or raping people right. so but we're yeah. going to defend the group against these things and that's where the morals have come from and they didn't ever really say that I think that they could have made a much stronger argument that these things come about the rules that we've decided that you must obey if you're going to live in a civilized society right. if, you're if you're going to live at, with us well
1: the two big rules that all societies have don't steal don't murder Those still morality wise you can find cases where you you do need to kill. You do need to um, steal. Okay, sure. There, there's moral reasons at times where it's better to do those. You know, a, a starving kid who steals a piece of bread. Guess what? That kid did something right. I, I'm not. You don't punish the kid for doing that. If you're being um, attacked, if if you watch your wife getting attacked, if you go up and you kill that guy to defend her, morally, you're actually in the right. Perhaps, so, perhaps. You know, I mean,
0: you you can make that argument, but right. I I, get, I could also say that you know, if you come over and pee on my lawn, is it okay for me to kill you?
1: Well, if it's de- defense, but that's okay, a defense. but but yeah, but yeah. now,
0: but now we're getting what? into do- does the does the punishment fit the crime, and this is right. why we have a legal system to make some of these decisions for us because they're right. clearly and, bigger than the individual.
2: And you Agreed. know what, Brian, Ian, we don't need the legal system in every case. No, I'm going to say two words: Curious, Joel. You remember podcast 17? We talked about that town. They asked people politely, "Please, right. Don't dress." don't dress crazy, dress nicely, be respectful of our eyes. Sure. And that's when it all comes down to it, that's what society is. It's a set of agreements that says... You know what? We're going to do what we can to try to make it comfortable to live with each and other. And it's
0: having respect for your your fellow man. And I do not need religion for me to have respect for Ian and respect for you, Mac. I don't. It does not need. I don't need a religion to do that. To know that the best way for you and I to have a relationship is for us to find
2: a set of agreements that help us to
0: get along.
1: Mac, Absolutely. you're trying to pick us up again.
2: I know. <laughs> I'm thinking I, about taking I, him up on him. I'm a, I'm a Pisces now, and I just need to be held.
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll hold you, Mac. Even you know, because I'm a Libra. I just want things to be balanced. So I will hold you. <laughs> 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 All right, yeah. so right. So we got. So are we last, done?
2: Last word on Ray Comfort. Okay. Because I have to use the words. Okay. Ray Comfort's, you know, essentially his theories are his theories. And he wants people to believe his theories, but his way of arguing his theories is frankly batshit crazy. So he (laughs) either needs to learn to – if he wants to support his opinions, he needs to research himself better, and he needs to actually know what he's talking about. You know what? Instead of just saying – instead of just coming up with stuff to support his his beliefs, he needs to actually – find out what he's talking about before he tries to use things to support his beliefs. You know, I got to say like the banana thing.
0: Yeah, I would far I'd far rather have the Ray Comforts of the world than the than the Fred Phelps.
2: Yeah, I, I'd yeah. rather have Ray yeah. Comfort than the Westboro Baptist. Absolutely. Colts.
0: Because because we can because we can have debates and arguments with 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 Ray Comfort and we can disagree with him and we can probably still like the guy, you know, the next day, even though we don't even though we don't agree, we don't have to hate each other. But with Phelps, I don't think I think there's some issues of morality there and i find it would find it difficult to like the guy ray comfort doesn't seem like a bad guy to me yeah you know so so i think
2: he's actually a pretty a pretty mellow probably pretty good humored guy i think so um as far as as far as the westboro cult goes what they do to people is they divide they divide people and they 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 make people crazy in by how they act and They have to be treated with sanity.
0: Right. And Ray Comfort is really trying to help people. He really thinks that what he believes is correct. And he thinks that if you believe the same as him, that you'll be better off. And maybe some people will be. So you know what uh, I I I Ray Comfort can can he can stick around I, 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 yeah, he, I have no Ray problem Comfort with Ray Comfort doesn't hurt anybody yeah. he so, doesn't
2: really hurt anybody there are people yeah. who probably need what he's offering and they go to him right the people who need what he's offering are going to be convinced by his arguments people who don't need what he's offering are going to Going to look at his arguments as we're doing right now and say the arguments are weak, the arguments fail. Right,
0: and I agree that his arguments are fail. But once again, I, I, I would I would not have a problem sitting down and having a conversation with Ray Comfort. I think he's a nice guy. I, I think he's I think he really thinks he's doing the right thing. So. So I don't. I don't even know that I would want to even call him batshit crazy. I. You know what? Because no, I, I, I actually
2: don't think Ray Comfort is batshit okay. crazy. Right. I think his arguments are
0: okay. And that and that's a good distinction. His arguments, my I, I, are crazy to me. He, you know. So
2: yeah.
1: Onwards, All All right. All right let's
2: talk about uh, let's talk about the stamping <laughs> exorcism.
0: All right. So this is uh, this what happened in Russia, and I think that's probably one of the reasons that I don't have more information. I have been looking, and I have a I have a link to several articles here, and they all kind of say the same thing. And I've pieced together the information that I can. So this woman, uh, Alexandria, went home, and I'm not even going to try to say the last name. Sorry. She, she, she is uh, she is 25 and the mother of two she went home for the holidays and she apparently told her parents that she was hearing voices her parents decided that she was possessed by a demon and needed to be exercised. They needed to get the demon out of her. So they asked her or told her, rather, to drink five liters of holy water. And when she couldn't do it, they her father held her hands behind her back and her mother tried to feed it to her. And they ended up throwing her on the floor. I, I say throwing. They put her on the floor somehow. And they started stomping on her. And then they stomped her to death. And they believed that they had killed the demon, not their daughter, and that in three days this, their daughter would, would arise. Well, in the adjoining room was her two kids. So I imagine that they heard the whole thing. In the morning, this lady was found by her younger sister who called for an ambulance, and, and Alexandria was reported dead at the hospital.
2: Which means she was probably dead when the ambulance got there. Oh, I imagine she's dead she, until a doctor sees them.
0: Right. I imagine she was dead the night before. I, I, I have probably no, right. And so now the parents have been arrested. And I don't. Why did they have five liters of holy water on hand anyway? I, I may, and Maybe they didn't. Maybe they heard her say it and they went out and got the holy water. I don't know. And where they came up with the idea yep. that somebody should drink five liters of holy water in the first place to get a demon out, I don't know. I don't the think you
2: can even drink they, five liters of water. Right. You you can drink about two liters of water a day.
0: Well, and she was a small person.
1: Yeah. yeah well, the articles seem to say they did just have it lying around the house. Yeah, that's what. That's it, the way it read. It's yeah.
2: Like, well, that's yeah, what it the, implied. the articles that we've got here, Ian, the articles are bad. Right.
0: Yeah, they're terrible. I, they're,
2: they're they're blurbs. Yeah. We've got yeah. two blurbs. One of which is definitely trying to uh, the like the Morning Star. That is trying to make not light of the situation, but his is. His bias is clear that he thinks the situation is disgusting, right. and he wants you to think the same way. So the Morning Star is not a good article.
1: Well, I no, not, sure not how Just you could story. not think it's disgusting, but...
2: I, I, I understand that, Ian, and I think it's disgusting. But if it's, if it's going to be a good article, it's going to report the facts. Right. It's not going to report the person's opinion. Right.
0: True. Yeah, I agree with that. And so some of these other car articles do do a better job of that. They said that they've arrested the parents, and in questioning the parents have stuck to their guns. that they they were they were trying to get the demon out of her. They didn't want they they say they did not want to kill their daughter, but they but they thought she was possessed. I don't know how much of that is true and not true.
1: I, Although but, to think that someone unconscious should just be left alone for three days.
0: Oh yeah, and then it's gonna yeah, rise that, from the dead. Yeah. yeah. But we heard but that's a common theme in these amateur exorcisms. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, you know, I, I listened, I, I read the article and it was talking about voices in the daughter's head. Right. And I have no information to back this up. I have I, I, I can ask the question, but there's no way of answering the question. But my question that I ask is was she possibly schizophrenic, and was this something that may have been hereditary from her, from one of her parents?
0: Yeah, and it may be, and we have no because, way of knowing that, unfortunately. And I and and we'll see. I'll, I'll keep looking for more information here. I don't suspect that we're going to get a lot more because it's got to be translated from Russian. And what and what if they're mistranslating it? What if what if it wasn't yeah. voices in my head? It was you know I, I don't know. I,
2: my point is, to me, the parents' reaction seems. Extreme, even for a, even for a fit of religious mania. You think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think.
0: All right. Has pop culture gone too far? MTV is bringing Skins to the United States, which is a uh, English TV show. And uh, why, why are we talking about this again?
1: Uh well. I, besides the fact that it reflects our culture, there's a lot to this. That I, I um, okay. The, the TV show Skins was a British show that. Um, followed a group of teenagers um who basically you know get sex drugs alcohol it was i've i've seen the first 3 seasons i don't know if they have made more there's a fourth i think it's an intense show
0: there's a there's a fourth season
1: there's okay i'll have to hunt mm-hmm. that down yeah. i i personally think it's a really intense well done show it's you know, I, I enjoyed it. There was nudity in it. There was sex in it. It was all, you know, cursing everything. And it has been aired over here in America on BBC America. I haven't watched those, so I don't know how edited it was. But I can guarantee it was probably heavily edited sure. with all the with everything that was in there. So then MTV decides to pick up the show and do it. And from what I've seen, I haven't seen any of the MTV episodes yet, but I've seen the previews and stuff. It looks to me like they basically just just took the same scripts and probably edited them to fit the American audience and take out a lot of the stuff they knew they couldn't get away with. So more than likely what you're going to see on MTV is actually a much 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 tamer version than what's already been aired on BBC America.
0: Who cares? I I don't care if they if they dumb it down. I
2: right. have one question about this on MTV. Okay? Why don't they play music videos anymore?
1: <laughs> that was so so 30, 30 years ago.
2: <laughs> that's a fair question.
0: I I don't I don't I don't I don't care I mean why 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 is this an issue for you? I don't I don't understand. I mean you've seen the original so you you well, obviously had access look to at it.
1: The, the main thing that really got to me was looking at the um, comments the parents had.
0: Ah, oh, it's the comments um, that got you going.
1: The, the replies to the you know okay. the parents are really overreacting. One of them said, "Um, g- got into talking about sex education and how I don't want uh, you know." See, apparently disagrees with modern sex education, saying that my six year old should not be learning how to use a condom. Or my sixth grader, sorry, my sixth grader. See, so, yeah, I disagree. And I'm saying, like, I want my sixth grader to know how to use a condom, because that's the point where they're going to start thinking about experimenting with that stuff. I want them to have knowledge. I want them to be thinking about this stuff. I want them to know the consequences. I want them to know how their body works. I want them to have the knowledge. And so to see a comment like that saying that my sixth grader should not be learning how to use a condom, I'm saying, like, you really want to have problems like that. So Uh, in other
2: words, how this is affecting you personally is you don't like the parents reacting to it you want your children to be completely informed which i think is a good viewpoint
1: and then also the show I honestly felt it was, you know, I'm going to tell you how intense it was. There was a lot of realism in it. And I think a lot of parents were scared of that, the reality. Because I, I know in my youth, I actually um, didn't do a lot of this stuff, but I hung out with people who did. And I remember one night, a girl who was on acid befriending a tree. And it was a traumatic experience to get her to leave that tree.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. What if she was just a druid, buddy?
2: Or maybe and, she was making making maybe she was making friends with the dryad inside the tree. <laughs> Did you ever consider that?
1: Yes, he was pretty gone.
0: You're being a little harsh but, here, buddy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I saw you know I, I saw some of that stuff myself. The kind of same exact kind of stuff they were have reflected in the show, and that was another thing where I'm like, okay, you know, this okay. show's doing a good job of showing how intense some of this crap can be. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for teenagers to watch these shows because it doesn't necessarily make it something you want. I mean, these kids, you know, some of the episodes got really intense in how messed up these kids' lives were. And so it's not like, oh, yes, I want to be just like him. It's kind of like, wait a moment. I'm not sure if I want to go that far into it.
2: It sounds to me like it'd be less useful for the kids and more useful for the parents to know what maybe their kids are getting involved in. And maybe the parents will rather than commenting on this, maybe the kid, maybe the parents will talk to the kids. Oh, well, this yeah. this and is and a,
0: that's... You know, this comes back to an issue of, well, my kids would never do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. But I definitely think the show itself, like Mac just suggested, would be a great thing. The parents watch. They say, okay, maybe I should talk to my kid about it. And even watch with their kid.
2: Or maybe just look at it and say, you know, I'm really actually kind of lucky to have the kid that I
1: do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's one of those things, you know, you see these parents overreact to it because we we are a very puritan society. And
0: well, and we're a more over religious society, society, too.
1: Yeah. And a lot of parents are in such denial over this kind of stuff. And it's like okay. it, it's better to actually face it, admit it, think about it, than to pretend it doesn't happen. And so when it does happen to your kid, it's actually more intense to your kid, more hurtful to them, you know, going to cause more problems. Okay.
0: Have you had your say here? Can we move on? Because I, sure, I I don't want this to be too much. This podcast has to be too long. Yeah. I want to move on to, because this guy looks like he has a, a picture of a guy has made a bong out of a of a microscope. That's what it looks like. The picture looks like to me.
2: That's true. <laughs> it does kind of look like that. <laughs> and he's got a technicolor lab coat on, so he may have been using the bong. He might. Have. No. Um. The the article in question is actually about the role of placeholders in science, and what it was talking about here was about. If you if you know that there's something there, even if you can't prove it, you put a placeholder. You put a, you put a name for something, and then either you prove later on that the, that the thing exists, or you find out that there's something else there in its place. So it was talking about uh, they have physics has a long history of particles that were predicted based on the math but not detected for years. Um, on the other hand, it's talked about situations where scientists insert a placeholder for something they don't understand but have gone down the wrong path like phlogiston and ether which is those were big in the 1800s right they there was supposed to be phlogiston in between in the spaces in between things like in the spaces in between spaces okay um they talk in here about darwin though as well and the fact that he his theory of evolution was really intended to be a placeholder for later on, uh, when people, for, you know, essentially Darwin's theory of evolution doesn't actually take into account the way genetics works. But that's because Darwin didn't know. They didn't know anything about this. He just knew that something was happening there, and he put a process in place as a placeholder for later on, when we start to actually understand how things works.
0: Yeah, right. Okay. Sure. Well, and, and he, he just started the theory, too, you know, I mean, and, and it was up to other scientists to, to flush it out and, and make it uh, more relevant, which they've done.
2: He, he, came up with a, he came up with a theory about a biological process by which traits get passed along during fertilization right so and he was
0: wrong about a lot of things he gave us he gave us a general framework he gave us his observations and from there we were able to test that and move on and
1: but that's not that that, no that's how
0: science is supposed to work
1: he came up with the basics with the knowledge he had at the time and he, he put it together and there were mistakes because he only had so much knowledge and so then you know later generations take that and add to it and repair the mistakes
0: yep all right yeah excellent so, anything more to say on that?
2: Uh, I I feel like we've, I feel like I've said what I had to say about it. I find it, I just yeah. found it an interesting article.
1: It it was a good and, article yeah. and worth reading, and you know, get getting your your mind around the fact of really how science does work and how it happens.
2: All
0: right, anything else, guys?
1: I think we're good.
0: All right, very good. I'll play us out. Okay. Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. For more
3: information about the Amateur Skeptics, go to AmateurSkeptics.com. To send us feedback, suggestions, or big flaming insults, feel free to contact us at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. Other contact information can be found on our website.
0: To leave a voicemail for the Amateur Skeptics, you can do that at 720-295-7785. Music for this podcast is provided by OFM. You can find out more about OFM at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. The Amateur Skeptics podcast is released under Creative Commons, no derivative 3.5 license. We'd love to have you share our work with other people. Please just do not edit or change the content.